Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. Adam, we're less than two weeks from the open of the Denver Broncos regular season. And we got a glimpse of how bizarre, unique, weird the 2020 season is going to be when the Broncos had their first scrimmage at Mile High. And there are no fans there. And you could hear the players, the coaches, just talking about how weird it was that there weren't fans there. Because if you look back at all the times they've had a scrimmage at the stadium, fans have been there. This is the first time that fans haven't been allowed. And it was weird. Just seeing the short video clips from the Broncos social media feed, the pictures, the media being spread out, it was weird. So that's what we're in for. And Dropping this nugget, Pro Football Talk had the tweet that you quote tweeted about how Roger Goodell said that fans being in attendance is not a competitive advantage. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, so I, <laughs> I didn't know. I mean, all this time I thought home field advantage mattered. 
I thought you had like winning home field advantage means that you have an easier trip to through the playoffs. I mean, right? It that it it apparently doesn't matter. Seventy five thousand screaming fans is essentially the same as the silence of no fans. So yeah, no, it makes total sense. Roger Goodell and the competition committee. This is that's like saying. Uh, you know, playing at altitude doesn't have any, gives no advantage to one team over the other. Or uh, playing with a blindfold on doesn't make you any worse than the guy who's playing without a blindfold on. It's just, it's just stupid. And it really goes to show how unimportant fans are in the eyes of the NFL. And what I mean by that is they, they care because they want your money. But they don't want it to be a situation where it matters enough where they end up losing money. And that's what re- this is really about. This is about being able to still have fans in some stadiums and not have fans in other stadiums because different states have different guidelines. And with all those different guidelines, you're going to have different rules about who can attend and who can attend football games. And so while you know you had the Philadelphia Eagles, for example, come out super early and say there would be no fans – you have other teams that are saying they're going to have fans or half the amount of fans or whatever. And so the NFL has to come out and say this. Like, that's really, I think, what it comes down to. You know, the more you think about it, it comes down to the fact that for the NFL to still make money off fans coming to games in some way, because they do make money off ticket sales, then you're going to have to make up this BS lie about how fans being in the stands doesn't create a competitive advantage. I, I believe you said it best. I would rather play in Kansas city without fans than in Kansas city with fans. And so yeah. what? Like, I'm just like, what? And that's all I got. And if that really is the truth, and I, I was on that conference call, my very next question would have been then why haven't the chargers won any games? If there is no competitive advantage to having no fans in the stands or having fans in the stands, whatever, the Chargers should be like 16-0 and then, right? Well, uh, yeah, they should be 16-0 and every year because it, uh, every preseason we know it's Chargers season and we're told how great they're going to be. And so we and know then the Chargers get the inevitable injury that yeah. they just got Whoa. with safety Derwin James. Wow. Wow. So, that a lot of things change. Like all of 2020 has, has changed. Like it's, it's so unique. The one thing that hasn't changed is the chargers get a debilitating injury. Every, every so year. At least that is consistent. Set your, set your watch to it, right? You can set your watch to it. It's going to happen. It happens every year. Yeah, no, there is, there is no doubt that that is like, it was when I saw it, when I saw that tweet, you know, you see a tweet and you go, Oh my God. I knew it was going to happen. Like that was my reaction. Oh my God. I knew that was going to happen. I didn't know it was going to be Derwin James. It could have been Joey Bosa. It could have been, I don't know who else they have. I, who, I don't really care. It's <laughs> Chris Harris Jr. Chris, it could, could have been, well, would that have been debilitating? I love Chris Harris Jr. Somebody's going to get mad at me and they're going to tweet about how I said something bad about Chris Harris Jr. I love Chris Harris Jr. He's just not the player he was five years ago. Let's not, Let's not get carried away here. So would it be debilitating? I think they could survive that one because they're not going to be able to survive any of the others anyway. True. So there's so there's that. Wow, that took a bit of a turn, didn't it? It did. 
fans. Fans are imp- I, I just it drives me nuts because it does really show that the NFL doesn't care about fans as as being a part of the experience. They only care about fans as being someone who can give them money to come watch a football game. That's all it is. And so you they're doing this to just guarantee that at least some stadiums will have some fans and they will make some money rather than create what really would be competitive balance and saying if one stadium can't have fans, none of the stadiums can have fans. And that's really what they should have done here, and they chose not to do it, and it is, it's just stupidity. It's just all around stupidity. And it's because Roger Goodell is terrified of Jerry Jones. He's the reason that this is going on, because Jerry Jones is a moron, and he doesn't care about his fans either. All he cares about is his payday and the amount of money that he can make. So that's why. And I think once you have Jerry Jones saying that, no, we're going to have fans, then you get guys like Clark Hunt with the Kansas City Chiefs saying, well, we're going to do it too. I'm surprised we haven't heard anything out of Houston, probably because Bob McNair is no longer around. But I think, it, I, I, to me, it's all because of Jerry Jones. And Jerry Jones pretty much is the most powerful owner in the National Football League. And if he says he's going to do something, nobody is going to tell him nay. Yeah, it's, it is fascinating to me. And the other thing that I think is is really interesting, I had somebody uh, tweet at me about my tweet. Uh, you know, Rob Manfred, is that you? I'm not really sure what he was going for. So, Bean, if you want to explain it to me, you can. But um, I, I, I guess my, my thing about it is if you look at baseball, baseball did pretty much say, look, no fans. We're going to play games. We're not going to have fans. That's the way it's going to be. And – it's worked out surprisingly well considering some of the issues they had at the beginning. I think the NFL has done a really good job with their players as far as locking things down. You're not seeing issues with the the coronavirus popping up too much on teams. You're having uh you're you're having I guess you would call hit or miss cases here and there. Nothing that's nothing that's really been debilitating in any way for a team. And so I, I do understand the idea that, hey, we feel like we're getting we're getting to a point where we can have fans. So we'd like to have fans. Like I see that, but this is, this to me is, is it's callous. This is just callous. This is, this is uh, expecting me as a fan to be stupid enough to go, Oh yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And just let it go. I, I just, it drives me nuts that this is what the NFL does. And it reminds me, and it should remind all of us that the NFL is a business and that their main job, their main focus, isn't winning Super Bowl titles. Their main focus isn't creating Hall of Fame players. Their main focus is taking money out of your pocket and and putting it in their own pocket. And while I'm willing to go along with that to a point because I love football and I enjoy watching and it's become something that that is a part of what I do, this this is just another one of those moments where I remember, and I think it's important that I remember, that the people who are at the top in the NFL don't care about you. They care about the money you have because that's what they want. And that's what a business does. And that's, it's not an entertainment industry as much as people want to say that it's a business. And if it doesn't make money, they can't do the things they want to do. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is, everything is predicated on money. I mean, I get that. Like, I mean, I understand that. I'm not, I'm not somebody who says, well, I don't want to go to the movies because I don't want to just 
pay to go to the movie. I mean, I like going to the movies. I like paying to do that. You pay for experiences. I'm fine with that. I just I just want to remind everybody that you're just you're just a dollar sign. It's okay if you can accept it, and I think I can for the most part, but this is a big reminder that you're just a dollar sign, and that's okay. As far the as thing, the, go, go the, ahead. the issue the issue I have with it is you mentioned it. How can you allow one franchise to have fans? And because of where another team plays, they may not be able to. How can you do that? How can you justify it? I get that Jerry Jones thinks that he runs basically by his own rules. But what about the owners in L.A. or the Bay Area? Or how about Florida? But who knows what's going on with Florida? <laughs> That's a whole nother. Florida man will show up. Hole. It'll be fine. I just, I, I as like, like Stan Kroenke, owner of the Rams, you don't think he would want to have fans in his brand new stadium? Of course he would. I don't think the state government or the local government will allow him to. So how can you allow one team to have fans but not the rest of them. That is a competitive advantage. And I this goes back to that tweet. It's trying to manipulate people to, to bend the rules so that they don't piss off Jerry Jones. Yeah, you know, and, and it's, it is sort of like, and if you think about it, and I, I hate to keep bringing up the Eagles because this is not an Eagles podcast. We're the Denver Broncos. This is a Denver Broncos podcast. We, you know, this is what we're about. But – that if you if you look at it from the standpoint of one team in one division doing something and then another team in that division being forced to do another thing, right? The Eagles have already announced no fans. Well, how is it not a competitive advantage for the Cowboys to have everybody coming into their stadium and having to deal with fans? And then the Eagles, when they have uh, other teams come into their stadium, not having to deal with fans. You're telling me that, again, I go back to this, 75,000 screaming fans when I'm trying to play offense and I'm trying to time a you know, snap count and they're going crazy while their team's on defense and we're trying to drive down and score, it's a lot more difficult to function than it completely silent, no, no sound at all except for what I can hear from the other team and what I can hear from my teammates because the stands are empty. There is a competitive advantage. I, I'm not stupid. Don't tell me – don't – don't pee on my shoes and tell me it's raining and expect me to believe you. And that's what this is. And that's where Roger Goodell and the rest of the league has to step in and say, no, if one team can't have fans, no team can have fans. There's not going to be this thing where some teams get them and some teams don't. That's where the league must step in and say, it is going to be a blanket rule for everybody. And it would be nice to have a commissioner who would have that backbone, who could be that forward thinking, but he's not. It's going to take outrage from these other teams that aren't going to be able to have fans to step in and say, hello, it is a competitive advantage. That's why we have them here. I, I just love that the competition committee, like the committee of people who are looking at competition got together and was like, yeah, no competitive advantage. What competition have you been watching over the course of the last, I don't know, however many years that there has been competition since forever? Fans make a difference. They absolutely do. 
And to say that they don't is it's 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 BS. It's BS. I won't buy it. You can't convince me to buy it. And I, I at this point can't believe we've talked this much about it. But it's that's how fired up we are about it. But is it really a surprise no. given the same committee can't define a catch? Well, they <laughs> can't define a catch. That's, that's now they're going to try to tell us that fans not being in attendance is no. There's no competitive advantage. It's not a surprise. They can't define the simplest thing to do in football, and that is a catch. It's it. So it, it's not a surprise. It's not a surprise. It's maddening, but it's not a surprise. You, you can tell it's maddening. I mean, <laughs> I am going nuts it's over just, here. The amount of stupid is just – it makes my head hurt. When you can't define a catch and you're saying fans are not a competitive advantage, yes, that's why everyone wants to go play in Arrowhead Stadium. Every single team is just flooding to get to Arrowhead. Regardless of the time of year, they always want to play in Arrowhead. When there are 75,000 screaming fans, yes. Yeah, that, that shows you the competitive advantage. I mean, and it's not like Mile High Stadium is going to be empty, right? We, we know that. And so I, I, I do think that let's acknowledge that there will be cardboard cutouts at Mile High Stadium, uh, which is cool. Because that's about the same, right? It's having cardboard cutouts at Mile High Stadium is the same as having fans in the stands in Kansas City. It's exactly the same. No competitive advantage. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the, the cardboard cutouts because the Broncos announced this week that they are going to do that. And I think it's, I think it's cool because the money will go to Broncos charities. You can pay a hundred bucks and get a cardboard cutout. I tweeted something on Monday that said I might have to go with a barrel man cut out. How many, how many barrel men? I I have to pluralize that. Wouldn't I? How many barrel men do you think there will be at, at mile high that in cutout form? If, you know, if you think about it as, as much as I like your idea, I'll bet other people are thinking of doing the same thing. I would love it. If there was a barrel man section, not like, hey, there's one barrel man over in that section, but there is an entire section just of barrel men cutouts. I think that would be an incredible tribute. I think it would be cool to have the whole stadium be barrel men, and then you have the leprechaun mixed in. They should put the leprechaun on the uh, on the zip cam, you know, and he could just swing around the stadium. I think that would be cool. I would enjoy that. And then what would really be cool is to have like Rocky cutouts. Oh, yeah. you got to have the greatest mascot in sports there, right? Yeah, I think that that's a great idea. Maybe get uh, maybe get uh, Ralphie there as well. You could you could just actually have Ralphie there. You think that uh, if CU chooses not to play football this year, if the Pac-12 doesn't play, do you think that they could borrow Ralphie and bring Ralphie in and just have Ralphie charge at the opposing team every now and then just for fun? I mean, Philip Lindsay could probably just drive over to Boulder and, and pick Ralphie up, right? Can you have Ralphie and Thunder in the same stadium, though? Ooh. I don't know. Well, if they're if you put them on opposite ends of the stadium, and you have you know Thunder does Thunder's thing, but just at the beginning of the game, just run Ralphie, just so we can see Ralphie run this year. I, I mean, that's that is something that as a Colorado sports fan, it's a sports tradition. If they could make that happen, I think that actually would be kind of cool. I will say it is the coolest thing to experience in sports live when they run Ralphie. It is. No matter how many times you experience it or see it live, 
it is a phenomenal experience to watch. Yes, it is. It, the, the heart pounding that you get if you're in the stadium. And I, I could only imagine being on the field as a player and having a gigantic Buffalo run past you. That that That's an intimidation factor that I, I just don't think you can account for that. You can't because how often do you see a live Buffalo running around on a football field? Not, not often. That's true. Well, every Saturday or every other Saturday in the fall, usually, but not, uh, they don't, they don't get a lot of nationally televised games. So a lot of people miss those. It's a, it's a bit of a bummer at CU is still not quite back yet, but they'll get there. They'll get there. As as far as the cardboard cutouts go though, and you mentioned it, and I think that it is important. uh, They are using it as an opportunity to do uh, to do something good in the community. And again, that just goes back to uh, something that the Denver Broncos have always been very good at, and that is uh, giving back to the community, being a part of Denver and Colorado in general, and and really sort of taking on that opportunity to do some things that are going to be good for people that while this is all difficult and not great and kind of not fun with us missing games and not being able to be there and, and it's a weird season and we don't know what's going to happen and yada, yada, yada. This is an opportunity for them to give back to the community again, to, uh, to do, some, do some good in the world at a time when the world needs some good. And so I, I do like that this is the direction that they're taking it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And it'll be interesting to see how many people actually go forward and do it to see how many cutouts are there. It is interesting if you watch a Rockies game, which I was doing this weekend, and then looking through the cutouts behind home plate, I saw a cutout of Sean Chacon, which <laughs> yeah. I know I know he played in the major leagues, but it's still weird to see a guy you went to high school with and played baseball at your high school, and there's a cutout of him there with like Larry Walker and Todd Helton, those other great Rockies and, Oh, there's Sean Chacon. Yeah, yeah, that, that I did see that. I thought that was pretty funny. You go, I know that guy. Hey, I know that guy. <laughs> what is he doing there? Oh, it's a cutout. It's a totally a cardboard cutout. So, definitely, uh, definitely kind of a cool thing. And I, you know, if you've got a good picture of yourself, throw it out there. But again, I like the Barrel Man idea. I'd love to see a bunch of Barrel Men out out at uh, Mile High. It would be kind of fun. So, it would definitely be worth worth. It would definitely be worth a hundred bucks. I I think in this case, it would be worth a hundred bucks. So. What's the most if, if if you went forth and did it, uh-huh. and you and you went completely random, what would be the most random picture that you could think of to have the cutout? Ooh, that's a good one. Okay, so I think well, I don't know that this would be random, but I think it would be cool to take a picture from uh, like back in the day when I was a kid, or maybe even. Uh, I don't know. I have this book called Blitz. It was written by Woody Page with Tom Jackson and by written by Woody Page with Tom Jackson. I, I think just Woody Page wrote it and Tom Jackson put his name on it. But I might I might put the picture of Blitz up there. That would be totally random to have Tom Jackson there. Or, um, you know, you I might go with the oldest picture of a Bronco that I have. And I can't even think of one right now. I'm sure that my parents probably have in an album somewhere because we used to go to training camp all the time. Pictures of us either running around at training camp or, uh, you know, an, a player like an obscure player from the 1980s that I've never, you know, I would never be able to remember because they probably didn't make the team, that kind of thing. That might be kind of fun. But then another one that I think I would I would probably like to do would be 
uh, a picture of my grandma because my grandma was a was a Bronco fan and every time I would call and talk to her we would end up talking a little bit about the Broncos and she would tell me how oh our boys are playing today and we've got to you know we've got to get them and so that might be kind of a nice thing to do as well I don't know if it's really random but I would go with Pat Bolin in the fur coat oh yeah that's a good one too I like that one just go with so you would have a mix of Pat Bolin in his fur coat with the the aviator glasses, and then with barrel man. It would just be a stadium full of barrel men and Pat Bowen and his pimp fur coat. That would be cool. You know, the other one I might like is, um, do you remember when the, the Nuggets were in the playoffs in 94 and John Elway went out onto the onto the floor and was pumping up the crowd? I wouldn't mind getting a still frame, like a still shot of him like, like pumping his fist because it's just such a funny look. Take a picture of that and have that be in the stands. I think that would also be funny. I mean, let's, that, that would be funny. It would be. So I get there's I I would love it if people would tell us what they would what they would do. What's your most random thought there? You can tweet it at us. We're around. We'll 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 check it out. Anyway, let's let's talk some real. Let's talk football. Should we talk a little football? A little something. Might as well since we're getting closer to the season. That's right. It is it is practically upon us. What are we? Two weeks? A week? Well, the, let's see. By the time people listen to this podcast, we'll be eight days from the Chiefs-Texans opener. It's felt like 84 years. Especially this year. It, and, it, and it might have been 84 years if you, if you really think about it. But, but it'll be nice to get back to some games. That's, that's something that will it'll feel good, right? It'll feel good to finally be back to watching real football. No, it won't because it's the Chiefs and – the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl is why we're in this situation. Yes, this is their fault. I agree. All of all of the bad things that have happened in the world are happening because it all started with the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl, which was the first bad thing to happen. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And, and, and actually, it goes back further than that because that douche nozzle, Ryan Pace, traded up to take Mitch Trubisky and not draft Patrick Mahomes. So really, it's Ryan Pace's fault. Could we okay? So let me ask you a question. Could we also blame the Jaguars for drafting Leonard Fournette when they could have taken Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes, but instead they took Leonard Fournette because they had Blake Bortles? Just a thought. Well, it it, it is the Jaguars. I mean, it's not like we have high expectations here, <laughs> and they didn't take a quarterback. Like they didn't trade up one spot to take Mitchell effing Trubisky. I just like they didn't even need to trade up, but they just wanted to compound how much how stupid Ryan Pace is. But instead of taking him third, he traded up to the number two spot. Like, I'm just going to show you how much of an idiot I am. But I'm going to trade up and take Mitch Trubisky. I have to say, I love the fact that all I have to do is just just leave a little bit of breadcrumbs as a trail all the way to that conversation and you will just sprint right to it. It works every time like a charm. It's fantastic. Yeah. Because now we no longer have the talking point that the chiefs haven't won a super bowl in 50 years that Andy Reid can't win the big game. So all that has now gone by the wayside. So I'm left with F Ryan Pate. That's all you get. That's all you have. I hear you. I hear you, but it's, it, it is, it is feeling like, and, and let me try and uh, I'll take a positive spin here. Right? I'll take a little positive spin here. It is feeling like at least 
uh, from a, a fan standpoint, if you want to have that positive feeling, that in Denver with the Broncos, things are turning around. We've got to, you know, we, we get to look every day at tweets about, you know, you know, Cortland Sutton being great. Uh, Jerry Judy is is exploding onto the scene. You've still got Von Miller. You got Bradley Chubb, who is going to be is going to be amazing this year. Jarrell Casey was a great trade. AJ Boye was a great trade. It looks like they are they are doing things the right way, and to just be the cherry on top, right? To pour, sort of you know take all of that and make it a delicious Sunday. You have Drew Locke, who as a second round pick is really starting to how do i say this he made us all feel really good at the end of the last of of last season 2019 even though they weren't good he made us feel good about things and right now as they practice as they get ready for the season he's making us feel good about things and that doesn't mean that he's perfect right i want to preface this by saying he's not perfect he's made mistakes he's had his struggles in training camp but there's something about him that makes us as fans feel like the, the the pendulum, as we've talked about, is swinging back. The ship is turning around. The, the the tide is changing. You pick a you pick a metaphor. That's what's going on here, and and it feels good to kind of be in that position and feel like we're going back up, right? We're, the the ele- elevator's going up here, and I'm I'm happy with that. Even as we speak, Drew Locke is struggling. He had some struggles last Friday's practice, and then he struggled in the Saturday scrimmage. And then he struggled on Monday. And then Tyler Columbus said that he had another bad day on Tuesday. Tyler Columbus is one with 104.3 FM, won a Super Bowl with the Broncos as an offensive tackle. So he is going through some tough moments right now as we speak. But I go back to what I've said before, when you have a guy who you just know has it, and that doesn't just mean the talent on the field, it has the capability and the mind. And then to me, that's, that, that's even more important, that he, he gets it, that he wants to do it. You have the belief in him that, He'll be able to deal with the struggles. And I would rather have a quarterback go through the struggles and have his hiccups now than when the season goes forward. Because now, if he's going through it now against this great defense, which the Broncos have, and I have no doubt the Broncos have a great defense. With the addition of Jarrell Casey, we've touched on this since the Broncos made the trade with the Tennessee Titans to get him. He is going to be a difference maker in this defense because they now have the interior presence that they haven't had since Malik Jackson. So the Broncos' defense is going to be great. I think it is going to be in the top three in the National Football League. And then you add in what Von Miller is doing, which is Von Miller. Then you know that that gives Drew Locke a little bit more leash that he doesn't have to be perfect, that he can have his struggles, but it's okay. He has this great defense. That's just going to give him more confidence. But I would rather have a quarterback go through it now because then if he gets in, gets, in, gets into the point in the season where it may start to be a little tough, 
He has the recollection in his mind that he can go back. I've experienced this. I went through it in training camp. What did I do to get out of it? And this is how I did get out of it. So even if he is struggling now, and there's going to be struggles in the regular season, you have the belief in him that he's going to be able to do it because he has it. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I think the other part of all this, and, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe maybe my perception of it is incorrect, but I, I feel like as as fans, Broncos country has rallied behind Drew Locke in a way that they the, we didn't really rally behind Case Keenum this way. We didn't rally behind Joe Flacco this way. Go back even further. Uh, Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch. There was never a consensus that we love this guy and we can't wait for him to be uh, you know, our, our starting quarterback and yada, yada, yada. That was never something that really galvanized the, the fan base. I don't see a lot of fans freaking out about Drew Locke. And I mean that in, a, in that negative connotation of freaking out. I don't see a lot of Broncos fans really sort of getting down on him and saying that they don't think he can do it. There, there, there are his detractors, right? Every, every player has their detractors. Every player has somebody out there who says, I don't think they're that great. That's fine. If you did a poll of Broncos country, I think most fans are feeling like they want to put all of their chips in on Drew Locke. And I'm not talking about just 2020. I'm, I'm talking about recognizing that there is a talent here and there is an attitude here that can carry this team forward over the course of the next three, five, seven seasons that that we haven't had in Denver. Like the Broncos haven't had for a long time. And I'm not I'm not equating Drew Locke to Peyton Manning or, or John Elway. I'm not saying that. I'm not giving the the rah-rah speech of he's a future Hall of Famer. What I'm saying here is based on the things that we've seen, and I'm including those struggles that he's had recently in training camp, the fact that he's maybe been a little bit off or struggled with the defense or been maybe running for his life a little bit because the offensive line isn't great. The, even with all of those issues, most fans are are feeling like this is, this is the correct direction. This is the right way for this team to be going, and Drew Locke is the right guy for the job right now. I'm not saying, I'm not predicting that he's going to be a Hall of Famer. That's that's crazy talk, and I won't do that. What I am doing is I'm saying that when I watch film, when I hear stories, when I see him play, I get the feeling that this is a guy who can do it. And it's been a long time in Denver since I think many of us have really had that feeling in earnest, right? An earnest, honest, absolute feeling that the guy who's under center can lead this team. Since Peyton Manning left, there has not been a quarterback in Denver that gave everybody a similar feeling to that. And to me, that's what makes this so exciting. That's why I'm 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 going to say it right now. That's why I'm okay with struggles from Drew Locke in 2020 because I think it will translate into great play moving forward. And I think that's the point. I think people are able to see that even if it doesn't happen right away, it's still the right path because you have a quarterback on his rookie contract, which allows you to go out and get the pieces that you need to build around him. So while they didn't get the tackle that the tackle bros wanted in the 2020 draft, they'll be able to get it either through free agency or the 2021 draft, but it's all because they have the quarterback in Drew Locke. And 
this isn't to say that he's been bad, that he's just been stinking up the field. It's just that the expectations are now starting to rise with the notion that he has the ability. So when you have that ability and you've proven that you have it, the right attitude, the right approach, the expectations then rise with it. And when you hear all of his teammates saying all the things that they did over the course of the offseason, Von Miller, Justin Simmons comes to mind, that's going to raise the expectations. And that is excellent because no one is going to be harder on himself than Drew Locke. And Drew Locke talked about this, how he didn't like the way he played in that scrimmage on Saturday. But what showed me even more that he has it is that he, at, over the course of his interviews, he said, I'll, I'll stew about this for 10 more minutes, and then I'm going to dive in and figure out where I can get better and what I did wrong. And that is all you want as, a, as an athlete, as a professional, anything in life. We're all going to have the moments where we're not our best, but how can we learn from it and how can we get better? And the fact that he's able to do that now is a great sign. And I think it's why everyone just has this belief in him. Yeah, I totally agree with that. There's, I mean, and I, I want to make mention of, uh, I think it was, was it Jeff or Taylor? I think Taylor shared it. Jeff, Jeff uh, made it so we could see it. Uh, an article from the athletic, um, about Drew Locke and his preparation. I'm not going to get into the minutia of it because that's really what the article was about. But in looking at the article uh, and and seeing what it said and kind of going through uh, what was put out there, and you make a really great point. He's he's the type of guy that want like he he wants to put in the work. He wants to go and 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 go through the process of. Uh, I think one of the examples that that I really stood out to me was the sort of tiny little minute details in a play action pass and the play action portion of it and in faking the handoff those kinds of little things coupled with his confidence and his attitude those are the kinds of things that are going to make this team great those are the kinds of things that are going to make him great moving forward and that's what makes a good football team is having that type of attitude that type of work ethic and that type of sort of understanding that when you make mistakes, like you said, I'm going to stew about it for 10 minutes and then I'm going to dive into what I need to do to fix it. Boom. He's got a plan. He had a plan in place to be able to go in and make adjustments and fixes and changes when he had a bad practice. That's exactly what you want at all times. So I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball as we were talking about Drew Locke. Josina Anderson tweeted that the New Orleans Saints – are open to trading Alvin Kamara. Hmm. 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 Why? <laughs> I, I mean, that's, that's sort of, so as, a, as an Alvin Kamara owner in fantasy football for the last every year he's been in the league, because I have had him every year he's been in the league, uh, he's a great talent. Great talent. I, I I don't know how he I, would you trade would you trade Philip Lindsay for Alvin Kamara would you trade, in a heartbeat would you trade Melvin Gordon I think I think you probably would as much as we love Philip Lindsay know, Melvin Gordon who cares but as much as we love Philip Lindsay I, I think that's a move you make right the thing that I can understand it from though is they have 
a dynamic offense with Michael Thomas, Drew Brees, and Alvin Kamara. Those three, it's dynamic. But at the same point, you you see, but what have they won with that group? And could they get a piece on defense that maybe help them out a little bit more? That's an interesting. I mean, I, I I I mean, I, I get the idea that you're taking a piece of their offense away. But at the same point, you have Taysom Hill. Not that he can be Alvin Kamara, but no, it, I, I, it, it, it's interesting. Yeah, I don't, honestly, I really don't think – I don't see Denver making a move for him. You know what I'm saying? No. Like, I don't think that – I mean, we have the conversation and then, and then we immediately know. I mean, it ain't happening, so we don't have to really worry about it. But I, I would be curious to see what – uh, what another team might be willing to get get rid of or what, what they would be willing to give up to get Alvin Kamara in return. And the other thing that's interesting about that is the NFL has shifted in a way that it has devalued the running back position in a way that, I'm not saying they're not valuable, but just what you could get in return to get Alvin Kamara, I, I, I'm not sure that you would have to give up as much as some people might be thinking when they first hear that. So that's an interesting tweet from Josina Anderson, but my guess is you're really not getting much for him if you're the New Orleans Saints. And so I'm not, I mean, I guess what at this point what they're looking at is, well, we want to get something for him because we're not going to sign him to a big deal and he's going to walk. Maybe that's the idea. But if that's the case, then, you know, what are you going to get for him? Probably very little. It's going to be more like draft picks, you know, players to be named later kind of thing. Yeah, I, I, a lot of it is going to depend on what they get in return. I mean, you're, I, I think that's, uh, to me, that's coming from Sean Payton, putting out a feeler. What, what's the possible, what, what's going to be the return? Are we, could we get a first round pick? No, I highly doubt someone's going to give up a first round pick for Alvin Kamara. At least a team that's going to be, that's going to compete. If you can't get a first round pick, absolutely you make that trade. Um, so a lot of, it would depend on what they get in return. I, yeah. I don't think the Broncos are going to, are going to trade for Alvin Kamara. I think they, they like what they have in Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon. And at this point, you don't want to disrupt that. I mean, as great of a player as Alvin Kamara is, you don't want to disrupt what Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon have going right now, especially with Drew Locke and this offense. So it's just, it's interesting. It's interesting to see what teams do with their star players. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. 
Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.